Welcome to Table Radio. The following is Josh Wilton's sermon from Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. So, 2021, off to a good start so far. Uh, I sent out a few New Year's texts. I used some Bitmojis. I don't know if you've heard them. They're kind of little icons and you get to design your own so they look like you. Uh, For example, here's one of them. Jacob, does that look good? Yeah, that's, that's what I look like without a beard. It was funny, on New Year's Eve, there were some bitmojis with like a dumpster fire, and it said 2020 right there. And there was a whole bunch of them were just totally pounding on 2020. And then all of the 2021 bitmojis were like this. Like, yay, 2021 is going to be so great. But the problem is, it's three years in, it seems like the same year. I'm still having a mask up. There's only five of us, six of us here. Boo. Still, here's my attitude as I was thinking about it New Year's Eve, January 1. Gonna do my best. That's right. And then I realized, New Year, same me. And shoot, that's a little wrong here. That's not how I was feeling with a smile. I'm going to take my marker here. That's a frown now. Because that's the problem. Is I'm the constant in many of my problems, regardless of the year, regardless of a couple days. But I do know that myself and many of us are just itching for a change. And the problem is some of this change is external. And I have very little control, and you have very little control over these things. For example, vaccine rollouts, whether the vaccines will work, if there are side effects, all of that kind of th- stuff. Political turmoil, who's going on vacation to foreign countries. It's very hard for me to control any of that stuff beyond my own business. We theoretically have more control over ourselves, but really do we? Many of us want tons of change, but lack the energy, the will, the stamina that is required for lasting change. That's, that's me. Because lasting change, substantial change, is hard work. It's real labor. It's almost like giving birth to something new. You know, that, that reminds me. I know a guy who talks about change and new birth, and it's Jesus. So we're going to open up some scriptures. I'm going to walk through some scriptures with you about new change, and we'll get to something practical at the end. Now, look, Christmas is important because... God comes to us in Jesus. But it's not just out of divine curiosity or as a celebrity sighting. He comes not just to us, but to engage with us. Not as a guru on a mountaintop dispensing wisdom. Not strictly that. He does teach. But he comes to engage with us and transform us. This is his mission. To do something new. So here, let's read through John 3. Actually, I'll just give you an overview of it. John 3, there's a man of the Pharisees who's curious about Jesus. His name's Nicodemus. He sneaks out in the night and he approaches Jesus. And he says to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Now, he he comes to Jesus because he sees that he is from God. Now, Jesus redirects. He says, oh, if you really want to see God and his kingdom, then this needs to happen. So, chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered him. 
said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless there's something of a rebirth, you cannot be in God's presence and see him clearly. That's what Jesus is saying. Of course, Nicodemus is thrown off. Perhaps he's a literalist because he says in verse 4, how can a person be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Well, that would be a difficult feat for sure, to climb up into the birth canal at such an age, at any age really. Now, side note about birth. Where's Andy? I'm trying to look at, give, give Andy some eyes. We, Andy and I and Katie and Katie, we lived in a community house. There was eight of us total. And one night, at, I think at one of our community dinners, we were trying to figure out what is our earliest memory. And I picked something like, as a five-year-old, I can't even remember what. There was one person there out of the eight of us who said, you know what? This is totally serious. She really said this. She said, my earliest memory is passing through the bath can- birth canal. <laughs> Come on. And we rightly or wrongly mocked her. I feel that maybe it was appropriate. She would not relent. She says, no, that is for sure. I remember seeing the light. I, this is pure fiction, I think, but who knows? Birth is traumatic. So maybe it really stuck. <laughs> yeah. So there is this trauma, this birth this is, the, this is the image Jesus uses of something new. It's like being born again. Two decades later, Paul, the apostle, he picks up on this theme. And he says, as writing to the church in Corinth, he says this. He says, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and on. He says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to their skin, the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to his skin, we regard him thus no longer. Meaning, they they see that he was not just a man from Nazareth, but that he came from God, and that he had a mission. He represented God. He was the fullness of God and of deity and bodily form, as it says elsewhere. Therefore, he says, this is Paul, if anyone is in Christ... They are a new creation. So he's pairing this new work, this new, this new birth, with being present in Christ, being attached to Jesus. And he has so much confidence about this. It's so positive and affirming. He says the old has passed away. It's like a sign you've driven past down on the highway. Behold, the new has come. In verse 18, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, there's some big words in there, but here's the main idea. First of all, it is from God. This is not about me or you white-knuckling some real good moral things to try to be better in 2021. This is a gift from God, this new creation. It has its source in God. As Jesus says to Nicodemus, He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is a spiritual work. It is integrally tied to God's presence and his energy. All of this is from God, who through Jesus himself 
reconciled us to God. That means he brought things at a distance, he closed the gap and brought them near. So that now we can stand in God's presence because of Jesus reconciling us. And then, here's the great part. It's not just about me being reconciled or you being reconciled. It's now we have this new vocation, a message of reconciliation, of nearness. We get to say, we have seen the king in his glory. We're now part of a new domain, a new kingdom. And it is good and it is glorious. So in Christ, it's a big word, there's a new creation. Very positive. So we're given a piece of what is to come in full. That's what Paul's focusing on there. But he also knows the flip side of things, which is, as the kids say these days, the struggle is real. Right? There is, that's this is what they say. Andy says that is what the kids say. So, there's a complexity of life in that you, we, in Christ, have been given something like a new birth, a new creation. But we're still here. If there's the kingdom of God, there's still the kingdom of humanity. And it's within each of us. So in Romans, he says, this is chapter 7, verse 15. There's some debate about whether Paul's speaking personally or just sort of generally. But either way, this, is, this applies to each of us. Or at least it applies to me. It says, for I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. And in verse 18, he says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, my flesh. And this time he's not talking about strictly skin, but that selfish, kind of self-absorbed nature that we each have. I know that nothing good dwells in me, in my selfishness, for I have the desire to do what is right, he says, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. This is like after, two weeks after every New Year's. This is basically the reality for each of us. We go, I said that I named the good, right? And I tried to do it, and now I just wasted a bunch of money for a gym pass. That lasts a year. I got to go through a big rigmarole. I'm never getting my money back, and I'm certainly not working out, even though I want to, or do I? That's the conflict. This is what Paul's describing. In pop culture, some of you, many of you have done something like the Enneagram, and it's kind of a personality uh, description, and you find your number, and then you figure out which are your shadow. How does the shadow work? Wings and shadows is the whole works. I, you lost me at shadow. You lost me at wings, but I understand the shadow bit. Yeah. See, each of us, like Paul is saying, in Christ, there's a new creation, but there's something else fighting out, and that is the stuff in the dark, in the shadow. And there's a very personal struggle for each of us. These realities that I have these desires of to do good, but then I subvert them. I sabotage them all the time. That is the self fighting the self. This is like epic, one of the key struggles in many great novels and great stories, self versus self. 
Now here's what Paul recommends. I'm going to flip forward to Ephesians chapter 4. This is the last section of Scripture, and we'll get to something practical. He says, Now I say and testify in the Lord, he says, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Now the Gentiles were non-Jews or people who had not uh, participated in Jesus and not decided to give their lives over to him. For the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. Now that seems like a bit of a harsh judgment, maybe, to you. But whether or not there's a God, and whether or not this God comes to humanity and engages with humanity and seeks to transform humanity, to reconcile humanity, whether or not that's true makes all the difference, a humongous difference in how one lives. If that's true, and someone disregarded that, you would say they'd be walking in futility, because that would shape the whole direction and course of one's life and walk. So Paul says, those Gentiles who have, do not, are not enlightened by the light of Christ, they are darkened in their understanding, he says, and they're alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance. That's alienated from the power to have substantial, lasting change. This is what Paul is saying. Let me go on. This is the next bit. He says they've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And he's not saying that about every single person, but sort of a mark of the culture. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming you've heard about him and were taught in him, he says, as the truth is in Jesus. He says this, to put off your old self. So it's kind of like um, dress-up language. Take off the old self. Just take off that old sweater, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt, meaning it's glitched through deceitful desires, meaning Desires that we think are going to fulfill us to answer our deepest longings. You know, those desires where we say, oh, I'll be happy when this happens. Well, those desires are deceitful because we reach those desires and they're fulfilled and yet we remain unfulfilled. They cannot deliver our hopes. He says, instead, put off your former manner of life and then be renewed in the spirit of your mind in Christ. This new knowledge that Christ has come to engage and to transform and to reconcile us to God. Renew your minds in Christ and put on the new self. This is dress-up language. Put on the new sweater. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, birthed a new to be in right relations with God, with self, with others, with creation, to be set aside to worship and love and reflect God's glory. This is an amazing, incredible vocation. Put off, put on. Stop this, start that. Now it gets real practical. He's going to give us some examples of this. Just for a second, just think about this put off, put on language. So sometimes... I try to stop something without starting something new. That doesn't work too well to just say, stop doing this. Let's say, stop watching Netflix. Okay, well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> it's just, you got to replace it with something. 
right? Or I'm going to start, what is it? Replace it with Disney Plus is Andy's solution. So thanks for nothing. Okay, so now we're just listing off. We're just free branding, free commercials for every streaming service. <laughs> put off, put on, right. Now, here's, here's some of Paul's practical examples. This is Ephesians 4, 25 on. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, since the truth is in Jesus, he's just said that in verse 21, Put away falsehood. Let each one of you speak the truth with your neighbor, for we are members of one another. Okay? He says, put off that old thing and start doing something else. Avoid the lies. <laughs> Draw near the truth. Speak the truth to your neighbor. Off and on. And he says, be angry, do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Now here's this put off and put on. He says, let the thief no longer steal. But instead, let the thief labor. Doing honest work with their own hands so that they may have something to share with anyone in need. So that's a radical transformation. So don't just stop stealing, but actually, let's get to the root of it. Instead of trying to ingest and consume everything for yourself, let's now pass along the goods and resources to other people in need. That's a radical change. Here's another one. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. I'm a sarcastic guy. I dig on people a lot. It's a sign of affection, but sometimes it's too far. And you're like, ah, oh, I didn't do enough positive things to make them, the other person feel great about themselves to know that I'm just teasing around. So instead of just being sarcastic and cynical, let us use words that build up. Don't just stop, but start. Then in verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. <laughs> okay, that's a big list. Along with all malice, he says. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Put off, put on, stop, start. Okay, now that's going to take me my whole life to do those things that he's just listed there. And that's not an exhaustive list, everyone. You could add another 25 things at least. There's so much on this list to focus on. And at my ancient age of 45, I tried all manner of things to try to be perfect every single year. And it hasn't worked once. So now I've just gotten real simple, and this is what I'm going to encourage us all to do. We're going to simplify it for starters. We do this every year. Let's do, what did I say? One thing, three. Yeah, there's three things we're going to do, okay? And I've got illustrations. Our graphics department was busy at work for these. Okay, first one is to take off something, to put Put away, there we go. Put away something. That's me, and the thing that I'm going to take off or put away is a chair. Because it's unnatural to wear a chair. But it, you would not know that based on my present activity over the last three weeks. I've sat in a chair editing so much, but not just editing. And so I can't just blame the good stuff. It's video games, Netflix, it's just reading a bundle of news, going, I should go clean the living room. Now I'm not going to do that. I figure if I just 
stop sitting so much, it's going to solve a lot of my problems. And that might sound trivial to you, but I've actually seen that as the source, the epicenter of many of my sins. I'm not kidding, of the shadow side. If I just, if I, because I can't say, stop watching the screen. I mean, that's, I've tried that before. It doesn't work. Why don't I get to the posture which leads me to watching the screen? So stop sitting, but that's not good enough for me. Instead, put off, take off, put on the new sweater. That's the female version just to universalize this a little bit. Then those are sneakers in case they're not showing up. I'm going to take off the chair and put on my walk-in shoes. Because I know I have great creative ideas when I'm walking. I'm more likely to pray. I'm more likely to, to think of people to text and call people that I care about and love. So put off, put on. And then the third thing, what am I going to take with me from 2020? Because contrary to all the news, it has not a total dumpster fire. There's actually been some good things that have happened in 2020, I believe. So here's my final thing. Keep on. I've found that the space that we've had just to uh, just sort of forced isolation a bit has led to some creative revival within me. And I don't not want to give up playing the guitar and doing more music stuff and art stuff. So I'm going to keep with it. Those are my three things. And I want to challenge each of you to, to think about what to put away and what to take up and put on and what to keep wearing throughout this next season. But I'm telling you, if you're just trying to do better just for the sake of doing better, it's, you'll probably end up like me many years and just be frustrated from a lack of energy and will to follow through. So these are connected to the spiritual life, to the very presence and ministry of Jesus with us, and totally tied to him creating something new within us. So God, would you lead us and speak to each of us Help us to discern well what to focus on, what to put off, and what to put on, and what to keep wearing. And guard us from cynicism and despair and mania, misery. Give us great confidence that you are working even in the midst of deprivation and pandemic. And you are bread, you are life, you are drink, you are strength, you are our survival. And we love you and bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, B.C. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, to love and bless our neighbors, so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by Richard Charter. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.